This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Thank you for joining us today. We're your hosts. My name is Marcy Davis, and it is my pleasure to introduce my new co-host and my new service dog, Lovey. And Lovey and I are thrilled to be with you to talk about our favorite subject, working dogs and working animals. And today, as we welcome Lovey to the show, we're going to be talking with the amazing organization that trained Lovey and trained me, and that is Assistance Dogs of the West and their executive director, Linda Milanese. And she'll be joining us to talk about all the incredible work that they do at Assistance Dogs of the West. And she'll also be helping us to welcome and celebrate Lovey and her new career as a certified assistance dog. So come right back after these quick messages as we welcome Linda and Lovey to the show. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. At Red Barn, our pet food ingredients work overtime. They aren't just there for show. Dandelion greens work to maintain a healthy digestive system. Salmon oil works to enhance the immune system. Green-lipped mussels work to support joint health. These hard-working ingredients support your dog's active, healthy life. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our grain-free stews. The only pet food with Red Barn Bully Sticks. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. I'm giving Lovey a big hug, and I'm sending you a big hug, Linda. Hello and welcome. Thank you, Marcy. I got it. It was a delicious hug. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm just so excited that you could be with us today, Linda, as we celebrate the work that you do, and we celebrate Lovey, and we just really talk about the amazing process that goes into assistance dogs. And, and for our listeners, I'd like to share with you that Lovey is actually a two-year-old black female English lab and she is the most adorable. All my assistance dogs have been adorable. But as many of you know, I have had three. And now Lovey is my fourth dog. And this is my first time to work with Assistance Dogs of the West, which has just been the most fabulous process. And so I'd like to start, Linda, by letting you tell our listeners a little bit about Assistance Dogs of the West, your mission, and kind of how you guys operate. Well, I'd be happy to, and I just want to add one thing that Lovey happens to be one of the most beautiful black English labs. I agree with you. (laughs) I agree with you. We will be posting pictures of her on the website (laughs) so everybody can share in that. (laughs) So we like to think about our organization in this way. We do two major aspects, and one is one dog, one person 
which, Marcy, you are the recipient of our One Dog, One Person program. And those are dogs that we train for people who have mobility issues, mm-hmm. medical issues such as diabetic alert dogs, seizure dogs, people who have chronic illnesses, people who have anxiety disorders, PTSD. And those are dogs that are specifically placed with one person and their working career is to be a service dog for that one person. The other aspect of our organization is one dog, many people. And these dogs, we have several different areas where these dogs work and these dogs affect thousands of lives during their working career. Those aspects are courthouse dogs, which are dogs that work with professionals who are in the legal and justice part of life. So they might be CASAs, which are court-appointed special advocates. They may be people working in child advocacy centers. They can be people working in the special victims units for district attorney's offices. They may be special victims advocates. And these are legal professionals who help in the investigation and prosecution of crime. Now, what could a dog possibly do for that aspect of life? We know science tells us now, and it's widely accepted, that just looking at a dog at rest lowers our blood pressure, lowers our cortisol level, lowers our heart rate, lowers our stress, increases our oxytocin levels, and allows us to handle a traumatic or stressful situation in a more competent manner. Many of these dogs work with people who are devoted to children who have been victims or witnesses of crimes, especially sexual assault and domestic violence. There's actually quite a lot of that that goes on in life, which these people, Jill and I just consider these people angels, absolute angels on earth. And the dogs become their partners in this process, and many, many times when a child or a victim or an elder, you know, it can be any age, but many of these crimes are against children, they are unable to disclose what has happened because the experience has been so traumatic that their memory bank just shuts off as a, as a protective mechanism. And being with the dogs, we teach these professionals, they get trained like you did, Marcy, except they have to do it in seven days. <laughs> so they are highly trained to work with their canine partner, and they might participate in a forensic interview, in a medical exam, in a counseling session, in a supervised visitation session where a child is, you know, maybe in foster care and then has to have supervised visitation with their parents, and the dog will be there. And so I get email after email about how effective these amazing dogs are. And unfortunately, these people deal with thousands of crimes a year. And so these dogs literally affect thousands of people as they go through their career. We have a veterans program, which is called the Warrior Canine Connection. And this particular program originated out of Walter Reed, out of the National Military Hospital in Bethesda. And our colleagues there, we decided when we wanted to do a veterans program that we would actually roll out the same program that's at Walter Reed, but in a different format. So at Walter Reed, these are warriors in transition, which means they are in a hospital setting and they are still active duty military people. They're not retired yet. They're They're waiting for their medical piece of the puzzle to be completed. And they work with 
one trainer, one veteran, and one physical therapist, occupational therapist, whatever that other professional might be. We rolled it out in Veterans Court in Bernalillo County, which is 2nd Judicial District. And these are fellows who are actually veterans, so they're retired. They're from all different conflicts, all the way back to Vietnam. And they, for one reason or another, got sideways with the law. And so they are in a program which is called Veterans Court, and they participate for two years in this particular therapeutic modality where they get counseling, they get psychological, psychiatric help, they get peer-to-peer mentoring, and as part of their rehabilitation process, they learn to train service dogs to help with their combat injuries and with PTSD. And what Walter Reed has found and particularly at the National Intrepid Center of Excellence, which is at Walter Reed, which is one of the foremost brain centers in the world, what they have found is that training service dogs is singularly the most effective modality in helping with combat injuries. And so our guys, these are not lifetime criminals. These are people who may have been on several different medications for their brain injury or for their PTSD, and then they drink a beer and they go sideways and they punch a cop. Yeah. And that's a felony. Yeah. Suddenly they are caught in a in a big process, and so this veterans court is a brilliant, there's about 150 of them nationwide. It's a brilliant way to help these men and women go through a process and re- really rehabilitate their lives. And the dogs, help them make that bridge back into society because, as you well know, Marcy, your trained service dog needs to be able to be out and about in all different kinds of circumstances, and part of their training is having that huge socialization aspect, which for these fellows and women, some of whom are agoraphobic because of their combat trauma, to go into a mall is a humongous deal. Oh, yes, it is, yeah. Yeah. They're able to conquer those types of challenges because they do it for their dog and they know that this dog might go to another military personnel or to a a military family. Well, I know. I had the pleasure of meeting a lot of those individuals and oh, it is incredible. I mean, to see them when at the graduation, which we'll talk about in a little while. But I mean, it was just incredible. But what struck me the most about the program and what I think is one of the reasons it's so successful was the judge that spoke that supports this program with the Bernalillo County Second Judicial District Court in New Mexico and how important that is to have that buy-in and that support from the judicial system because they're seeing the benefit, I'm sure. And he spoke so passionately about it that evening, which was just so wonderful. And the other people involved, the, the veterans coordinator for veterans court and also the veterans administration coordinator, we work as a team and they are completely totally thrilled by the results because we have basically had zero recidivism, which means they don't go back on drugs. They are able to mediate through some of the very difficult pieces of life. There are certain times of the year that trigger different events for different people. 
And one of the other things that we found, which does not happen at Walter Reed because it's one dog, one person at Walter Reed, what we have found, and Walter Reed is kind of thrilled with this outcome, is these guys and gals who might not normally have a lot of interaction because, oh, what would somebody who served in Afghanistan, what in common could they possibly have with somebody from Vietnam? There's a big age gap. There's a big the difference in the conflicts are huge. But what has happened is the dogs are the equalizing factor, and so all of them are novice trainers, and they all go through similar learning curves. And so here, the guys who have been in the first class, they decide to stay on to become mentors for the next class that's coming up. And so it's really been quite an amazing experience where they actually become friends and a couple of them have started to come up to our offices and work with some of our professional trainers as volunteers. And that doesn't sound like a big deal, but if it's a person who has agoraphobia and they are actually able to get in their car and come to Santa Fe because the impetus to work with the professional trainers and the dogs is so great, that's pretty huge. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is such a simple concept and such a genius concept because it just, it's incredible. It impacts so many people all along the way, not only the veterans, but also their families and just their whole wellness overall. It's just incredible. Well, as you can see, we have a lot to talk about, Linda, and we are going to take... No, I have, <laughs> I have I, no worries about me. I know. <laughs> well, we have so many things I want to chat with you about. So we are going to take just a quick break and hear some really important messages from our sponsors. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the placement process for Assistance Dogs of the West, because that was just such an impressive process and want to share that with our listeners. So come right back. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to 
to Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio, and we're talking today with one of my favorite people, and that is Linda Milanese from Assistance Dogs of the West, and she's helping me to welcome and celebrate my new co-host and service dog, Lovey. And before the break, I mentioned the placement process, and I wanted to talk with you about that, Linda, and share some of that with our listeners, because it was a wonderful really comprehensive process that you guys have for people um, like myself who are interested in getting some type of assistance dog. And that process started with the application, which I completed. And then I was scheduled for my appointment with the occupational therapist, the wonderful Melissa Winkle. But can you talk with us about the process and why you guys use an occupational therapist and kind of what the steps are? Sure, I'd be happy to. So one of the things that one of our foundation values is that we are really dedicated to the well-being of our dogs and to creating partnerships and relationships, really. All of our training is based on relationship training. And we like to think that we are able to carry that process through the placement application and interview process. And so when a person comes to us, they fill out a rather detailed application, right, Marcy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then for our one dog, one person aspect, people who have various things that need to be addressed, we have an occupational service that we've worked with for 15 years. What we're really looking for is what is a person able to do? Because if they have come to us for a service dog, It's obvious that they are committed to getting a greater level of independence and freedom in their life. And so we're not really focused on their disability. We're actually focused on their abilities. But we need to have detailed information so that we can start to call out what dogs might be appropriate for a person and what their abilities are, how they actually navigate the world. And so after we get that information, we have a team meeting. It's called a client review meeting. And all our trainers, all of the staff is at our client review meetings. And we go through each client that is pending and clients who already have their dogs and the various aspects that we need to address. We let our dogs choose their careers. So not every dog wants to be a wheelchair dog or a mobility dog. Some dogs don't like those assistive technologies at all. Other dogs are better suited for courthouse work. And so we actually allow our dogs to tell us. And, you know, if you're a good observer of dog behavior, they will tell you in no uncertain terms about whether they want to do that career or not. And the second aspect of it is we allow the dogs to choose their people. And people always think that that's a very funny thing to say. But again, the dogs are very definitive about who they want to be with and who they don't want to be with. And through our interview process, which can take anywhere from six months to two years, our clients come and they visit with various dogs and we see how the dogs interact with them. Without a lot of input from the trainers, I think that you could attest to that. Yeah, it's it's really fun and really stressful because <laughs> yeah. you want all the dogs to love you. But it, it is really interesting. I mean, I just, oh, it's just such an incredible process. And I, I 
it's the first time I've been through something like that where I, I just love the one dog, one person and, and the respect that you guys show your dogs, you know, because you really do take good care of them and you listen to them. And it is just such an incredible process to watch and the professionalism with Melissa as the occupational therapist and then with Jody Backenstow who does the assessment who then takes it a step further to get more detailed into exactly what is it that an individual needs and and what can a dog do to help them and then when you go to the training process where once you guys identify a couple of dogs, because then it's still waiting for the dogs to make that decision. And what also I love so much was that was when you guys involved the youth program as well, which I thought was so innovative and cool that in my process, at least the youth actually at a middle school where they are actually trainers, where young people are training these incredible dogs, they they participated in the process. And so when Jill founded Assistance Dogs of the West, maybe a year after that, a donor suggested that she meet Katrina Holder at La Mariposa Montessori School, which of course is, is an elementary and middle school. And that's really where our student training program started. And Katrina saw the benefit of young people learning how to train dogs for community service because, remember, this is not just training a pet dog. This is training a very, very important partner who will go through life with a person. And Jill saw that utilizing many different trainers, our dogs would become more fluent with good timing, bad timing, emotional modulation, voice modulation because elementary school kids, middle school kids, high school youth, Kids with disabilities, we do, we do a whole thing with the Kiva program at Capitol High where we have youngsters who are from 16 to 22 with severe disabilities. Some of them are nonverbal. The dogs would learn so much more and they would become so much more fluent. So when they were eventually placed with their client, they had already spent their entire life learning how to fill in and learning how to problem solve. And so we realized that that was a great benefit, and some of the some of the older kids who are the people that you met, Marcy, those are high school students, as part of their process to really understand what a working dog is about, they get to be in on some of the interview process so that they can actually meet clients, which is great, and see exactly how that process happens. And actually, some of our middle school students get to do that as well. Well, it was incredible. I mean, the students were so articulate and so engaged with their dogs and they knew the dogs yeah. that I was working with. So they were just so, it was incredible the insights that they had and they were always right spot on <laughs> at what they were seeing and what, because they were very honest with me and they'd say, you know, I don't think this dog is right for you because of, you know, they're too hyper or they're too high energy. You know, they had really good responses for me as to why they thought dogs were, you know, and what they they wanted to work on with their dog to get it ready, you know, for the process. So it was just so impressive how in tune they were to their dogs, to Jody, who was who was the student coordinator, I'm guessing, I'm sure I'm getting that title incorrect, but 
Jody was so awesome at engaging the students and valuing and respecting their insights and opinions. It was just such a holistic approach for everybody, for the person with a disability who's stressed out and uncomfortable, you know, and nervous. And then the dogs. Yeah, it was just, it was really a a lovely, lovely process. And, and, you know, as you know, Linda, I had a bump going through my placement. Mm -hmm. And I thought that I was with my forever dog that was placed with me. And that turned out not to be the case. And I just want to share that because it's so hard as I started bonding with her and I adored her. And then some things happened that she was not able to continue with me. And what you kept saying to me and what Jill Felice said to me that was just so helpful was trust the process. Don't get stressed out about it. Trust the process. It's good for me. It's good for the dog. And I I just have to trust it. And even though I've been with the service dog over 20 years, my heart was broken. I thought, I can't do this. I can't keep going forward. I, you know, I'm bonding with this dog. But because of that focus on trusting the process, I realized, yes, I can. Yes, it, it is difficult. But anything that's worthwhile, you know, is challenging. And and you guys were so right because that dog wasn't the right dog for me, even though I wanted her to be. And Lovey is absolutely perfect for me. I mean, I I can't imagine a better personality, a better body type, her size, her attitude, you know, everything about her is just perfect for my lifestyle, for my home, for my travel, for everything. I just can't reiterate that enough as to how it was bumpy and it was challenging and I did shed some tears, but it was, oh boy, was it worth it. And I'd do it again in a heartbeat because, I mean, she's just changing my life and the independence levels is just, it's hard to articulate it. It really is. And you were very courageous to to keep on Marcy and and I'm just going to be very transparent about it Marcy's first dog had a medical issue and Jill and I it is our mandate that we to the best of our abilities and to the best of our knowledge we place a dog that is at the highest level of health and quality possible because that is the mandate of our agency as it turns out as you well know Marcy the dog that had the medical issue. She's now a program dog with the kids, and she absolutely and she's happy as a clam. Yes, she she's does. Happy as a clam. And <laughs> yes. she, her permanent home is with one of our instructor trainers, and she will live her life with us as one of our in-house assistance dogs at Assistance Dogs of the West. And so, really, as we know, everybody sort of found their right place at the right yes. time. Yes, and yes. It, it, it's just, it is a matter of trusting the process. And I think one of the other things, Marcy, that you should help people understand is how intensive it is to become your handler of your new dog. You went through the client placement process, and I think people underestimate what a person has to go through to actually learn how to handle and how to navigate the world with their service dog. Oh, yeah. Even for me, after over 20 years, it's you're starting over. It's a new dog. They have different needs. They have different personalities. And it is. It is such a commitment. And I get calls from our listeners and emails all the time asking me about, you know, 
how do you do it? How do you go through it? And, and I tell them, you know, you have to, it's a huge commitment that you really have to make that choice every day because you're not getting a robot. <laughs> you're not getting something that you can just automatically tell it what to do and it's going to immediately do it. You have to build a relationship. You have to nurture that relationship, which is another thing I love about Assistance Dogs of the West is your ongoing follow-up that you do. And I mean, you're doing that with me now. I'm working with Penny, who is just a lover to death. She's another trainer. And, you know, Lovey absolutely loves to pick up everything that's on the floor, including clothes. She's awesome at it. And my husband is awesome at leaving his socks on the floor. So what we're working with Lovey now is she's helping me to pick those things up and automatically take them to the laundry basket. All right. <laughs> yeah. So so what you guys have done is you've trained me in how to use clicker training to work with Lovey, which has been so fun for me to train her additional things to just increase her skill level and increase my independence. Because let me tell you, I have fallen out of my wheelchair trying to pick up those socks in the past. And so it's just wonderful to have her and to keep building on her ability. And she absolutely loves it and she's very interested in the washing machine the dryer and the laundry basket (laughs) so Mm -hmm. giving her work to do around all of those things and increasing what she could do when she was first placed with me it's fabulous and it's like it just keeps getting better which I can't believe that it does but it really does and that's again part of that commitment and making that decision every day because I can't let up I can't slack off or my work with Lovey will start to slack off. I have to make sure that that both of us are on top of our game, which includes her having really good food, her getting her teeth brushed, her getting her nails cut, all the things that's my responsibilities to make sure that I'm taking care of this incredibly trained, intelligent, professional woman. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people ask, Jill and I all the time how we can possibly do all the things that we do because as you well know we travel all over the country last in October last month we just spent a week at the FBI we placed the first crisis response canines in the history of the FBI we piloted their program there we piloted the program for special victims advocate in San Bernardino California and so we we are busy But, you know, we tell everybody, and it's what you're speaking about, Marcy, it's a lifestyle choice. We don't really view what we do as quote-unquote work. It's kind of an expression of who we are as adults and our commitment to the human-animal bond and the way that we express that, and we express it in many, many different areas. And it's actually, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, you are changing a lot of lives, one at a time and a thousand at a time. I mean, you really are. And I could talk to you about this all day, Linda, because (laughs) I love you and have just the most respect for you and the leadership that you provide. And I also want to give a big shout out to the person we've mentioned several times, which is Jill Felice, who 
is the founder of Assistance Dogs of the West, and I call her the rock star of dog trainers because she is incredible. And I just have to chuckle when I think about when she comes into a room and when dogs see her, it's so fabulous the way they respond. And every time when Lovey, we were having lunch not too long ago and Jill came in and Lovey was under the table just behaving so beautifully and she realized Jill was there and she was just giddy and giggling. Her little body was was wiggling all over, but she was still staying, doing her job. And it's just, Jill is just fabulous. And the two well, of you we together. Always, we always call her sensei, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yes. In fact, the reason why she couldn't join us today is because she's on her way to study with one of her very big mentors, Suzanne Clothier, who is one of the foremost animal behaviorists probably in the world and with whom all of our temperament assessment and temperament scoring, we don't we don't really call it testing because we don't think that dogs need to be tested. We're inquisitive about their nature and about what they need and, and what their propensity is in life. And that's part of the way that we can determine which careers they might really enjoy. And Jill has been studying with Suzanne for a couple of years and she's, you know, at a, a very high level. And so that's where she's off to today. She's on her way for a week-long seminar with Suzanne Clothier. Well, you two together are quite the dynamic team. And I'm so thankful for you, for both of you, and so thankful to be a part of the Assistance Dogs of the West family. And I hope you, I know you'll come back and continue talking with us because we want to hear more about the programs as they evolve and grow and and just really congratulate you on all the success and and all the innovation that you're trying with with our veterans and, and with so many people who deserve chances and second chances and who deserve these incredible relationships with these dogs. So thank you so much, Linda. You're so welcome, Marcy, and we love you. And just think about it. You have a dog named Lovey. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. I know. When you guys told me that, I was like, really? Really? But yes, and that's the perfect name for her. And I'm so thrilled to have her as my new co-host. So you'll be hearing lots about Lovey as we work together over many years to come, I hope. So thank you, our listeners, for being with us. We love hearing from you. So please keep those emails coming. We love it. And you can reach us at Marcy, M-A-R-C-I-E, at PetLifeRadio.com. And you can also follow us at WorkingLikeDogs.com on our blog and on Twitter and on Facebook. So we love to love to hear from you. So thank you so much. And we look forward to being with you again soon. Take good care. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.